You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. We're glad to be with you this morning. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Clark, joined by... Good morning. My name is John Clark. John Clark. Yes. And uh, we just finished up a wonderful conversation with Marie Ann Torres of Salt and Light Media about some of the movies. So she had one blog post uh, back in 2020 she published about her seven favorite Catholic movies. She published another one this year. <laughs> as well with seven more movies with an honorable mention. And so really encourage you to go to saltandlightmedia.org. Check out those. You can also, she mentioned, just Google seven Catholic movies to watch and and seven more Catholic movies to watch, which uh, I highly encourage. I mean, the movies there are just solid movies and good for the whole family. You know, especially in learning about, a lot of them are about the saints. Exactly. And, you know, and, and we didn't go down each list. Here's number one through seven. So you know, if you want to uh, kind of revisit that interview, that visit we had with Marianne, you can certainly get the podcast and, and listen to it once again. She has some really good insight on some of the movies. Yeah, you can find that available later today on realpresenceradio.com under Real Presence Live Podcast. Also on the Real Presence Radio app under Real Presence Live and, and the podcasts are listed there. So, we are going to move on to our next interview. We are pleased to have in studio this morning Father Kyle Metzger of the Diocese of Fargo. He is a priest. He is also one of the the new principal at Shanley High School. Good morning, Father. Good morning, fellas. So good to be here. So good to be here. It is great to have you. I know, uh, first of all, just thank you. We know things are probably pretty busy and and transitioning and and figuring out the role of principal and and everything happening. So thanks so much for being with us in studio. No students were in my office when I left. Okay, so when I get back, hopefully it's the same. But we'll see. We'll see. So just talk about your first few months here because we're already, gosh, it's almost November. How, How have they been for you at Shanley? Yesterday, I sent out first quarter report cards to all the parents. I cannot believe like the first quarter is done. It it really has flown by. Um, you know, they oftentimes we say in education and stuff, October is a very long month. You know, the thrill of the beginning of school is over and the excitement of Christmas hasn't come, but I don't know. I didn't experience a slow October. The year has just started out with, with a great speed. There's there's a lot of energy in the school, you know, with where uh, where we were at and what we were able to do this year um, with uh, course scheduling and all of that. So it's just been a, a really exciting, really good year for uh, uh, for the students here. And some of our listeners may not know this, but this has kind of come full circle for you because you were a teacher before becoming a priest and now you're a principal. Just talk about that that journey and and reflect on that a little bit for us. You really see God's providence, you know, in your in your life, and 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 the gratitude that I have for what the Lord has done. But um, I'm a product of Catholic education, K through 12, in the schools, uh, the Catholic schools in Fargo. Graduated, and I went to seminary. You know, I was discerning the Lord's will in that capacity, and I was in seminary for a few years, but I just didn't have the clarity to go forward. So I decided to leave seminary formation, and I always had a love of education. Uh, and so I decided to major in elementary edu- education. My mother was a Catholic school teacher for 37 years and a principal. Um, I always enjoyed school. School was always fun for me. So that was a very natural progression. So I did. I got, I got 
got a degree in teaching. I taught for a total of six years in the Diocese of Phoenix and the, and, uh, the Archdiocese of Minneapolis and St. Paul. Really loved it. I loved being with the kids, loved teaching. I, I really felt like, in many ways, I really was on the front lines of evangelization and, and fostering virtue in my students. I loved it, but the Lord then kind of started whispering in, in my ear, you know, I want you back in formation. And so that was wrestled with me probably for upwards of three years. But eventually I decided, you know, as much as I love teaching, the Lord was calling me to something different. And so um, so I left uh, education after six years and, um, and re-entered seminary formation, kind of picked up where I left off. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and, you know, to make a long story short, I was uh, ordained a priest. And I kind of thought, you know, education was in my past. Certainly as a priest, you use those skills. You know, you're working with kids a lot, teaching Ari and stuff. But it's different. It's not a formal school setting. Um, but last April, the bishop approached me and he said, I think I have something different for you in mind. What do you think about being the principal of Shanley? I was like, what? You know, <laughs> this is, you, you know, it's, it's uncommon. It's very uncommon to have priests serve in principles mm-hmm. simply because of like their background. You know, they don't have that background. They don't have the education uh, that the state requires to run the school. So it's very rare. And so my background was very unique, um, but very providentially suited to take on this position. So he said, you can take a week and pray about it. Uh, and I came back and we, and we had another long conversation. And ultimately at the end of the conversation, we decided we think this is what the Lord wants. Wow. So, so now um, this, this presents you in a sense with um, a mission that's, that's um, a little bit more, it's not narrow, it's more targeted. You're dealing with the youth. And so your approach to um, to the ed- Catholic education of the children there, um, of course, target on the children, but they also expand to the family. How how are you? How does that enter into the way that that you um, that you direct the the school? We really see that our mission is an extension of what the parents are doing at home. You know, many people you know quote that the parents are the primary educators of of their children. So what we want to do is we want to build on that. Now we know, you know, if you're speaking of directly the moral religious formation of the children, some parents feel, you know, inadequate to teach, you know, what, you know, the, the, the nuances of scripture and, and these, you know, moral distinctions and stuff. Some parents feel a little inadequate. So the the school, the church can kind of fill in and bolster that, but cannot replace it, you know? And, you know, admittedly, sometimes parents will kind of pass that off. That's what you'll do, and then we'll come back home. And we, and we try to avoid that or to help the parents understand that we're not going to, like, replace what you're doing at home. We want there to be that foundation that we can build on what the parents are always fostering at, at, at home. I think that's a really interesting point. If you're just tuning in, we're visiting with Father Kyle Metzger, who is the new principal at Shanley High School in Fargo. And uh, we're talking about the importance of of Catholic education and a parent's role. You know, Father, if we look at the culture around us, we see battles going all over in, in school board meetings and different stuff like that about what is being taught to our kids and the role of parents in that particular education. And I love what you're saying about that. And I wonder if you could just speak more to, 
you know, parents taking up that role and being involved in that Catholic education. Now, Catholic education might be Catholic schools, right? But Or it could be homeschooling, uh, you know, Catholic education in general and making sure our kids are getting a well-founded education based on the principles of Christ. Right. There's so many studies have revealed uh, that even in teenagers, the most influential person in their life is their parents. Now, they will never say that. They will never phrase it. And they may not even think in those terms. But the parents have the greatest impact, more than the school and even more than their friends. It really is their parents. But how do we kind of bolster that, help out the parents, help out uh, the kids? Is the continual formation, you know, that they have, uh, the catechesis that the church provides. So we, like you said, the culture wants our kids as much as we want our kids. So there is kind of this battle, but it's a perennial battle, you might say. Maybe it's becoming more stark in our culture. Uh, Today, it's becoming more apparent. But it's not like a new dilemma that the church has faced. If you know church history, when you study church history throughout the centuries, the church has always been countercultural. Not anti-cultural, but countercultural, where the cultural moves in a certain direction and the church, you know, has a fuller, image of the human person, a final destiny of the, of the human person. And so you have to speak to that. And today we have our issues that the culture, you know, is very prominent and very vocal about that has kind of complicating visions of the human person, about the dignity of the human person, about his final destiny, about the complementarity of the sexes, um, the, the expression of love, uh, uh, the, the, the church has a very narrow, uh, the, the, the culture has a very narrow view of the human person. And so our pursuit of the church, not just today, but as it always has been, is to proclaim the gospel of Christ, which is the full vision of the human person, to help parents sometimes give them the language, the tools, um, um, in order to, to help, uh, to help form the person. I like what, uh, um, what uh, uh, Pope St. John Paul II would oftentimes reiterate with this type of thing is that the church proposes a beautiful life. It does not impose it, right? Um, the church is way more yeses than it is noes. But we don't always have that image. But the church proposes this very beautiful, this very life-giving um, life in Jesus Christ um, and we're going to present it to you, uh, make it a compelling vision of life, but we're not going to impose it upon you. And I think that is, you know, kind of the pursuit of education is, is to eloquently present that vision of what does the gospel look like, live that fully here in the year 2021. Exactly. You know, my, um, my son graduated from Shandley, and one of the things that I take took away from his education, there was, uh, when he would... The way he lived his life, and part of it, I mean, a good part of it is him, of course, but he was very consistent in his virtues and very consistent in how he approached people and how he had inner relations. And I think that from a Catholic education standpoint, um, certainly I tried to teach and my wife tried to teach him to, to be that way, but it was really reinforced you know, in, in the school and amongst his friends that went to school. So it was a total environment. So from a Catholic education standpoint, it's really a full circle um, influence. And it's hard not to be pulled out of that. But um, I was very pleased with, with the results in a sense that, you know, he's really a grown man now that's, that's really got, uh, got that virtue developed in him. He is a great man. Um, 
one of the battlegrounds in education, particularly public education, is like uh, values, right? What values are you teaching? And mm-hmm. boy, that's that's hot button issue. Um, we like to, t- in the words of St. Paul, whatever is true, good, honest, beautiful, think on those things. In, uh, in the church, we're very big at promoting the virtues, right? We're not arguing over values. We teach the virtues, which are scholastic, you know, even from the earliest philosophers, baptized by Christianity, um, prudence, justice, temperance, fortitude, which is the truth of every human person, of what is a well-ordered, fulfilling life look like. Just humanly speaking, it's prudence, justice, temperance, fortitude. We're very big on the virtues. You know, at Shanley, all Catholic schools are very big in promoting the virtues. And then add to that, the theological of faith, hope, and charity. Man, you practice those seven virtues, you are going to have a fulfilling life. Your son was formed in those seven virtues, and you know it's a it's a compelling vision of life. And that's what the Roman Empire saw. Like these Christians are different. They live different. They have different priorities. They have different choices, and they don't like do what we do. But they're happy. What is that? Prudence, justice, temperance, fortitude, faith, hope, and charity. And at Catholic schools, that's what drives us. Stay with us. We do have to head to a break, but we're going to continue our conversation with Father Kyle Metzger, principal of Shanley High School here in Fargo, right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio has been such such an impact on my life personally and my personal conversion story and just in my growth as a Christian man. I listen to it from the time I get up. Anytime I'm in the vehicle, 1280 is on my dial. I hear everything from Sunrise Morning Show, Mother Angelica. We got Take Two. We got Dr. Ray Grandy. We got, we got everybody. We got Catholic Answers, which I love. We got Father Larry. There's so much to be gained, so many fruits to pull from this radio station that just does so much for us and increases our faith and increases my personal knowledge. I have grown in so many ways that I can't even explain it. It's it's for personally, it has brought me closer to God. It has brought me tighter in my church, tighter with my family. They are also starting to listen as my son out of Mayville is listening to Real Presence Radio. So it has been a blessing for all of us all the way around. This is Deacon Gary Hager from Holy Rosary in Detroit Lakes. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. As a working adult, you know the value of a dollar and you expect quality for your money. Now is a great time to further your education. The University of Mary offers degrees for working professionals with flexible learning options that are truly competitively priced. Apply now for any of our online programs and we'll waive your $150 enrollment fee. A quality education at an affordable price. Discover the University of Mary difference at online.umary.edu.
This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live here on the RPR Network. We're glad to be joining you wherever you're at this morning across the 10 dioceses and five states. Maybe you're even outside that area listening on the Real Presence Radio app. Wherever you're at, thanks so much for being with us. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark. Good morning, Brandon. John Clark here. John Clark. And we are having a great conversation with Father Kyle Metzger, who's the new principal of Shanley High School. Father, thanks for staying with us over the break. You know, as we headed into break, we were talking about virtues and learning the virtues and how that impacts us. And one of the things I think about as we you know, I had mentioned the culture around us is that there might be some unique challenges we face in fostering virtue. Uh, It could be as simple as, you know, working on Sunday or not working on Sunday, right? It could be the whole, I mean, there's, there's so many attacks on our sexuality, right? The gender confusion, the, you know, LGBTQ, you know, I mean, how many letters are there now? Uh, you know, and so I, I want to talk about that a little bit and, and talk about what you see as unique challenges to not only Catholic education, but parents in educating their children in the faith. Yeah. Yeah. Like we said before the break, the church has always had challenges. We've always been countercultural in a sense, but what does that look like, you know, in our present uh, uh, reality? Um. In, in Catholic education specifically, and then I'll just brought it to just Catholic formation in general, you know, we, we, in the 70s and 80s, we kind of thought like Catholic education is just, just like what the public schools have, all that the public school has, plus religion class, um, everything that plus more, and then our enrollment plummets, right? Like we realized like that's not what our avenue, we're not just like everybody else plus faith. That's not compelling. Um, there is something different about what the gospel offers. You you do live life differently. And we, we had to come to terms with that in Catholic education to say, no, like our faith uh, permeates everything that we're about, not just the curriculum, but our discipline policies about who we hire, uh, about extracurriculars that we offer. It really permeates everything. You don't departmentalize Jesus. So, broadening that just to the Catholic education, like it forms a different person, you know, and the family will have different priorities. And then when we're living in a culture that is resistant to that, the hard reality is that it will force us to make some uncomfortable or unpopular decisions. We will have to extract ourselves from certain elements that are totally normal and common in the culture. Like, I think we have to be honest with that. And I think we have to be courageous enough to make those decisions. Let me give you a practical example of, uh, of a father came to me that they were in this dilemma, that at his, uh, at his public school, um, they were going to reward the kids. They were going to have like a movie day. They were all going to go out to the movie theater. And, you know, this is an elementary classroom and great, right? Seems fine and all good. The movie that they were going to go see was this, was, this was like maybe three or four years ago. It was the, the new Beauty and the Beast movie. Yeah, yeah, the right? live action one. The live action mm-hmm. one. And at the end of it, there was a gay kiss in it. Okay, it was kind of a passing scene, but it made waves, you know, and people kind of knew. And so you're kind of waiting for this near the end of the movie. Great movie, God history, but there's this one complicating thing at the end. The dad knew about this. The kids knew about it. What do you do? 
You know, like you're kind of at like a crossroads and uh, you just kind of go along with it. Well, it's only a small part of the movie, you know, well, the, the big. And he decided to not send his kid to school that day and just let the teacher know you weren't going to be, you know, this thorn in the side, but just let know that I'm going to keep my son home from school today. There's, you know, the complicated scenes at the end of the movie. We just would rather not participate in it. Now, that's a certain sacrifice, right? To kind of extract yourself from the enjoyment of that day for the movie, but taking that choice to be clear, like, this is not how we live. Like, we don't support that activity. We're not going to support this movie. If we want to kind of change the culture, if we want to bring the gospel to the culture, if we want to live the gospel, we have to be willing to make those decisions. Parents come to me uh, venting, you know, we have policies at the Catholic school, but public school venting about like practices on Sunday, right? Or games on Sunday, and I say to them, you know, it's not going to change until you do not allow your son to practice on Sunday. Well, Father, then the coach will bench him. It's a type of martyrdom. But you're not going to change that athletic routine if you aren't willing to make those sacrifices. And many are not. And so, so those are kind of, those are the unique challenges that we are going to be at those crosses. We can just kind of shrug your shoulders and say, this is just how the world is. We just have to go along with it. Or are we willing to have those small martyrdoms where, yeah, you know, I might be benched for a game because I wasn't, I didn't agree to go to practice on a Sunday. We're not going to make roads of purifying the culture if we're not willing to take those sacrifices. And it, it's a small martyrdom, but... I, I would emphasize small because really, like you're saying, you're, you're giving a perfect example of, you know, tomorrow you're going to wake up and it's not going to hurt. You're going to be benched for a game. It's not going to hurt. Um, I know that when my son was in soccer, he was on a traveling team and then we were down in Minneapolis at tournaments and our first game was Sunday at 10 o'clock. We'd say, I'm sorry. We'll be in mass. So if you want to play at one o'clock, great. But that's, that's no. When I was a teacher at the middle school, we, um, uh, the, the students played a Jewish school. You know, we were a small school, so you play all these kind of unique. One of them was a Jewish school. And the Jewish school just said flat out, you know, Fridays, that's their, uh, their Sabbath, Friday nights into Saturday. They would not have any games uh, on Friday evenings because their Shabbat has started. So when they're scheduling games, like we all knew that. And so when you're playing the Jewish school, you played on the Thursday or you, and, and we all accommodated. But the only reason we accommodated is because the Jews had that hard line. Sorry, mm -hmm. we'd love to be part of the consortium and, and participate, but we, we won't tolerate games starting on Friday night. And we all got it. But if they just said, well, you know, we're playing the Christians and they like to play on Friday night, so I guess we have to. You know, yeah. <laughs> nothing would be made. I had a lot of respect for the Jews for right. doing that. And we were all able to figure it out, but not unless they were willing to take the line to say, no, our faith, we don't, we don't practice starting Friday night. It's good for them. I think it's really interesting because I think as Christians, we know a lot about the faith. We have a lot of head knowledge about the faith and the virtues and stuff like that. But at least in my own case, I have a hard time sometimes in that head knowledge going to the heart and actually helping me live out those virtues that I've been taught. Can you speak to just some practical steps parents can take to educating their, their children in helping live out those practical realities that we know so well? 
and Aristotle would say like the you haven't actually achieved the virtue really until it has gotten that deep, you know. Uh, Aristotle is the one that's responsible for the phrase second nature, right? Like you do something without even thinking about it, like blinking or breathing, it's second nature. And the virtues need to become that way. That's only when like truly you have possessed that virtue. Someone who's struggling to eat well, you know, uh, struggling with gluttony or sobriety, something like that, they're working on the virtue. They haven't achieved it well. It, you've achieved the virtue when you just kind of naturally eat healthy without even thinking about it. But Brandon, it takes a lot of time to get there, right? right? right. But you got to be patient with it. I, and, and the parent's role is from a young age to begin this, you know, so that the children haven't developed habits that then you have to work off. So, uh, you know, temperance, I think that temperance is the, is the major issue with our, with our kids that we need to work on. They just have it all. You know, in modern America, we have it all. And so from the earliest age, like moderate, moderating their use of food, cooking good food, um, um, the big one is technology with the use of mobile phones and devices and the, the vices. Oh my goodness, the vices that are fostered at such mm-hmm. young ages. And so as parents, it's, it's building that virtue in very, very young, very, very early uh, to try to avoid, you know, developing those vices uh, uh, too quickly. And if that happens, then the virtue plants itself deep. It becomes second nature and you experience the delight of an ordered life. And I think that's might be a way of how does it penetrate the heart when finally you experience that, you know, when you're able to convince a teenager, like put the phone down, you know, for the evening. And at the end of the evening, there's kind of like, it was really pleasant tonight. I wasn't Mm. totally frantic about that. Oh, so that's where it's planting. You're experiencing that delight. Then that virtue is going to be more sustainable. And we just have about a minute and a half left, but what sort of things then do you do as principal to instill those values in the kids, you know, to help them battle against those vices and that idea like that many of the kids have everything they could ever want? How do you bring that into the education? You do have to teach it directly. You have to teach it directly. Like it used to be in times past, you know, we lived in a culture that those virtues were kind of naturally formed. We're not at that place anymore. So you do have to teach it directly. You do have to set boundaries. You know, the students push back against that. I I really cracked down on the mobile phone usage at the school this year. And there was a lot of resistance at the beginning, but it's quieted down. Maybe they just mm. got used to it. This how father <laughs> principal is. But I, I, I like to think maybe it's like, oh, you know, my grades are getting better or it's easier to study. And so you do have to teach that where they really can experience it. You can't just like offer it as an option. Mm-hmm. You have to teach it and you really do have to be direct about promoting that. Father, thanks so much for being on with us this morning and for taking some time to uh, be in studio. So happy to be here. Now I got to go see who's in my office. Yeah, be kind to the kids <laughs> in your office. Who didn't practice the virtue while I was gone, right? <laughs> All right, God bless you. Stay with us. Up next, we're going to look at if sainthood can be boiled down to a science and how to achieve that. That's up next when Real Presence Live continues right after this. 